Welcome back, everybody. It's your friendly foreign agent delivering your a lot of <laughs> your favorite flavor of propaganda today. And I, I say that in all seriousness uh, because there is a lot of propaganda to get through today. Uh, first off, we've got this story, Ubergate. Macron was suspected of improper relations with the United States. This is a long article. I won't get into all of it right now. I include links, and I do recommend you go through it. There was a key paragraph here that jumped out at me. Macron, this is reported in the publications of the French media, which are members of the so-called International Consortium of Investigative Journalists. They say that this group of comrades is financially supported by globalist financial circles and their profit, Soros. This jumped out at me because of Klaus Schwab's recent statement about the young global leaders. We have penetrated the cabinets of, what is it, 60 to 80 percent, Trudeau being his poster boy. Uh, But I don't know what Macron's done to upset his puppet masters because the heat just just randomly got turned up on him. Not just him, but uh, we're seeing it with others as well. France's prime minister survives no confidence vote in parliament. Wait, what? But Boris, Boris is just going through all this. As, as we'll see here, Sky News, Johnson may face new no confidence vote. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, carrying on with Johnson as well. Boris Johnson intends to take revenge on those who put knives in his back. Ooh, it's a bit of a soap opera right now. This opening line, it's hard to imagine anything dirtier than the UK election. Oh, Vladimir Kornilov. <laughs> That's a great opening line. Sticking a knife in the back of your closest ally has always been a hallmark of conservatives. Wow, they're really, really full on this Russian uh, spin on this. I mean, very damning. And it goes on to list you know, some of the history of it. Again, I'm not going to go into all the twists and turns of this saga and soap opera. Uh, but the current crisis has brought new records for the speed of changing shoes and betrayals. After Johnson learned of the resignation of his chancellor, Rishi Sunak, chancellor of the Exchequer, is the position of the de facto head of the financial and industrial bloc of the entire British government, he immediately appointed Iraqi-born Nadim Zahavi to this post. The loyalty of that to the prime minister lasted exactly a day, after which he addressed an open letter urging his patron to resign. Another knife in the back. And the Russians are having an absolute field day with this mess that we're seeing in the West. Uh, it, it's, it's come out with you know, Sunak's campaign using headlines such as those who betrayed Boris will betray uh, Brexit. Sorry, this is to torpedo Sunak. I mean, that's a great line. Those who betrayed Boris will betray Brexit. Get over it. Come on. Brexit is a mess. You know, this oven-ready deal that isn't even fit for the microwave. Announcing a new battle to save the freedom of Great Britain. What freedom? And newspapers that are close to conservative business circles explain to party supporters, only Rishi Sunak is smart enough for hard times. Fuck off. Wholly unsuitable. Uh, this headline is interesting. Candidate for British Prime Minister explains why he calls to expel all Russians. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that, pal. Uh, going through the other candidates, this is why this uh, particular article jumped out at me as well. It's quite fascinating. The initial poll by the polling firm YouGov unexpectedly revealed that the favourite of the Tory faction was Secretary of Defence Ben Wallace. 
but this choice was explained solely by the fact that Wallace is, quote, the only candidate who can resist Putin, end quote. Okay, that's uh, an interesting idea. Uh, judging by the polls, the voters were not even aware of this, since 65% of them do not really know who he is. How, it, how insulting it must be for the great fighter against Putin. Therefore, Wallace modestly announced that he refused to participate in the race for premiership. That does surprise me. Uh, I also thought that Wallace might have uh, a good horse in this race, but uh, apparently not. Uh, and again, the article goes on to more stuff and a lot of like thick propaganda. And I don't, <laughs> I don't blame the Russians. So we've we've just talked about Macron. Obviously, Boris is drowning. And now we have Schultz. Rape drug could drown German Chancellor's career. Directly, some kind of pestilence attacked high-ranking friends of Ukraine. So even the Russians have picked up on what what uh, Alex Christoforou from the Duran has called like this curse of Zelensky. It really does. Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of Great Britain, has just left the political arena. Immediately after him, Kajakalis, this is Estonia, retired, having inherited the post of Prime Minister of Estonia from her father. And now the bell has rung for Olaf Scholz, Chancellor of Germany. Uh, well, like a bell, for now it's just a bell. Uh, it's quite quite interesting rhetoric used, even in translation. Suddenly it turned out, brackets, such things always turn out suddenly, <laughs> that a big traditional party of the Social Democratic Party of Germany on June 1st, the so-called rape drug was mixed into the drinks of those present. This substance, in small doses, causes euphoria. In large doses, drowsiness. But the main property is that it completely knocks off the memory of what is happening. I'm getting real eyes wide shut vibes. What are you up to in Germany? I mean, Germany's always got a reputation for this sort of eyes wide shut crap going on. In general, the decay of the German politicum is a vivid, easily recognisable symptom of the decline of the West. The decline of the Roman Empire looked about the same. I, I find it eerie because I think Alexander Mercurius has, has drawn these parallels as well. He's not the first uh, to have done so. The thought even occurred to me. Economists have also drawn analogies to the, the collapse of Rome, mainly along the lines of the currency and the, the issues that the Roman Empire suffered uh, with their denarii. So now to see this as well, just wow. And let's get a bit more into the article. When he was mayor of Hamburg, Schultz had a suspiciously long talk with the management of the Warburg Bank about the return to the budget of 40 million euros, which the bank owed as a fine for another scam. <laughs> Doesn't surprise me. But clearly did, did not want to pay. These negotiations are still covered in fog. Schultz claims that he does not remember anything about them. Well, now I'm not surprised if he's sipping on this memory blocker rape drug as they, as they've said wow really weird stuff going on the other article that made me laugh is uh, despite russian assurances that monkeypox would definitely not be imported into russia <laughs> now ria novosti announces the first case of monkeypox detected in russia apparently a young chap came back from europe brought him with him they make all the assurances don't worry uh, he's in isolation uh, and in a medical organization of an infectious profile Apparently has a rash. So that that was kind of amusing. Uh, in like, a um, little bit embarrassing for Russia. Going, no, no, we're not going to have any of that monkeypox. Oh, crap. <laughs> we got some of that monkeypox. 
Uh, going over to the US, uh, White House says Iran is preparing to hand over drones to Russia. This is good old Sullivan. Let's see what he has to say. Jake Sullivan at a briefing said that Iran was allegedly preparing to transfer unmanned aerial vehicles to Russia without explaining where the states got such information from and without providing any evidence. Well, that's par for the course. And then my next question is, and what? Turkey's handing over Bayraktar's free ones to Ukraine. So where's, where's the problem with Iran? Uh, I, I don't I don't see the issue with this. Uh, quote, our information shows that Iranian government is preparing to provide the Russian Federation with several hundred UAVs. Ooh, that's a bit more than the one or two Bayraktar's, including those with weapons capabilities, Sullivan said at a briefing. So, and Iran is preparing to train Russian specialists. Cool story, Jake. Nice one. Very bizarre. Uh, Ukraine launched a counteroffensive. And this, this one's a good article as well for the propaganda in it. Uh, Kiev launched a counteroffensive, so far informational. <laughs> but it, it has already made a lot of noise. Uh, well, we've seen this quite a lot. Interviews with the Minister of Defense of Ukraine, Alexei Reznikov, were published immediately in the American Wall Street Journal and the British The Times. That's something that Colonel Douglas McGregor has commented on. You know, a story will just get released at the same time, repeating the same script. In the first publication, Reznikov, recognizing the heavy losses and depletion of the resources of the armed forces of Ukraine, emphasized the need for new arms supplies from the West. Uh, but in the second article, he made a statement that received the widest response. According to the minister, the Ukrainian army is forming a million strong combat forces equipped with Western weapons to fulfill Vladimir Zelensky's order to liberate the southern coastal regions vital to the country's economy. That's a very key point, vital to the country's economy. Uh, And then he clarified where the figure came from and its composition. Almost simultaneously with Reznikov's interview, Deputy Prime Minister of Ukraine, Irina Vereshchuk, appealed to residents of the southern... Russian-controlled territories with an appeal to urgently leave them because of the counteroffensive planned by the armed forces of Ukraine. True, she did not specify the timing of this event, but she created the impression that this could happen in the very near future. Wow, fascinating. In Russia, it's customary to make fun of the Ukrainian elites, and this is largely true in many ways, but not in everything, is another key paragraph. What cannot be taken away from Kiev is skillful work in the information field. I like how realistic Russia is in many of its statements because that's kind of an undeniable fact now. In its own way, it's logical that a successful showman and comedian turned out to be the head of Ukraine. That is, a person who professionally works with the audience and knows how to manipulate it. Uh, Arastovich also was not a student of psychology, I believe, as well. Uh, Very much this messing with people's heads. Uh, This previous line here is, and there is another point in connection with which the Kiev authorities are often underestimated. Usually they are perceived as absolute puppets of the West, primarily Washington and London, completely devoid of their own will and meekly fulfilling the instructions coming from there. This is a mistake and a big one. Wow. In fact, the Ukrainian elites are not completely, but to a large extent, subjective and always guided primarily by personal interests. At the same time, being frankly narrow-minded and uneducated as statesmen, they're not the only ones, uh, 
which in fact led the Ukrainian state to a sad result, they compensate for this with cunning and extreme persistence in defending their own. That is why the West was forced in 2014 to build a complex system of management of the newly acquired vassal in the Ukrainian direction since he managed to to torpedo any initiatives of the overlord if they contradicted his interests. This mainly concerned the cutting of budgets, theft of assets and valuable resources. Someone in the comments uh, made an interesting observation about it doesn't it seem like what dirt does Zelensky have over the likes of Biden? I think we all have an idea there, but it does. A, you do have to wonder actually who who's in charge. This seems like this power struggle with who's dictating what to whom. Very fascinating. Uh, and the article goes on. And last bit here: the British, led by the frantic Boris, were Ukraine's mainstay in the old world, but Johnson has gone. And there are disturbing rumours that the British, who are being swept up by the socio-economic storm, may now prefer a less hawkish figure in the Premier's chair, who will deal primarily with domestic problems. We've kind of just read that, uh, again from another Russian publication. But uh, yeah, that's interesting. And I can't, I can't stop thinking of that actor from the skit the other day. I'll have to put a link to that video. It's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, right, uh, let's move on there. Because to support this idea of playing with people's heads, maybe there's another quote. Ah, here it is. Sorry, I missed it. In addition, this is an attempt to demoralize Russian society and especially people in the liberated territories to sow anxiety and uncertainty in them. They're referring now back to this uh, Deputy Prime Minister Irina's comments about a new offensive. There are regular terrorist attacks against officials working in the new administrations. And this is corroborated by the news yesterday that regional authorities, the head of the village near Kharkov, died due to a car explosion. So an attack was carried out. And then further news to corroborate and support that in Kherson, two explosive devices were diffused. Uh, so clearly another attack, uh, as well as in Crimea, a man who was wearing Z uh, was beaten up. So that would support this uh, this article here. Plus... Rumors are being actively launched that Russia will leave there and Kiev will return and massacre anyone and everyone who somehow cooperated and came into contact with the Russians. That That's clever on the part of Ukraine, playing on what we've seen in videos where one of the first things the residents say is don't leave, please don't leave us. Uh, that is quite chilling, quite chilling um, psychological manipulation, uh, possibly quite effective, we shall see. Uh, by the by, and anecdotally, Putin has announced that there will be a fast-track system for residents of LPR, DPR, and Ukraine, specifically those who formerly held Russian citizenship. They can now regain Russian citizenship through a quick fast-track system, and I wonder if that's to try and negate this or reassure those residents in those regions uh, that they can always escape to Russia should they need to. Just something to note. On the military side, uh, the MOD has announced Harpoon missile launchers destroyed by Iskander missiles in Odessa region. This is announced today. Presumably, this is in addition to the two that were destroyed the other day. Those were supplied, reportedly, by Britain. These ones, American-made harpoon ones. It doesn't say who supplied them. Uh, I'm guessing, does America make all harpoons? But, uh, I'm again, I'm guessing these are in addition because it doesn't really state that explicitly. This does sound like a separate instant. So, uh, like I say, I've got a 
be careful with the wording and the language used, reported by the Russian Defense Ministry in the area of Berezan settlement of the Odessa region. High-precision ground-based Iskander missiles destroyed the launches of the US-made Harpoon anti-ship missile system. Also, when hit by high-precision air-launched missiles in the area of the settlement of Artyomovsk DPR, 180 Ukrainian servicemen and 26 units of military equipment were destroyed, according to the Russian Defense Ministry. Uh, earlier, the Ministry of Defense reported that the aerospace forces launched targeted strikes on the deployment of nationalist battalions and foreign mercenaries in Kharkov. Uh, so a lot going on over in Kharkov. Uh, moving on to less serious news. Brewers warned of a sharp reduction in beer production and an increase in its price. I was like, oh no, is, is this like a shortage of something? No, it's due to <laughs> mandatory labeling. In case of introduction of mandatory labeling in Russia, the production of beer will be reduced by 20 to 30% with a proportional reduction in excise duties. The cost of beer will also increase by 10%. This was announced by the Union of Russian Brewers in an open letter to Vladimir Putin. Labeling is planned to be introduced from 2023. I think I understand what they mean, like that legally required section on the bottles. The organization explained that the components of the marking system are produced in the United States, Germany, Italy, Japan and Taiwan. Deliveries from there are blocked due to sanctions against Russia. Ah, that's actually a really fair point to make, isn't it? Union of Brewers also noted that labeling will reduce the efficiency of the industry. Uh, this is confirmed by the experience of introducing mandatory labelling for drinking and mineral water. These products are also produced by brewing companies, which, after the integration of labelling, note a drop in the productivity of water bottling lines by 20 to 30%, the open letter says. Uh, so it, that sounds like quite a, a reasonable uh, response by the Union of Brewers there on quite, yeah, quite a fascinating little issue. Uh, a previous video, again, we discussed how Volodin had called for the ban of all propaganda for what they term as non-traditional uh, relationships. Well, we've got a case here of the blogger Dudja, and it's got an asterisk there, which is quite amusing. We'll get into that. Fined for promoting unconventional relationships. The court fined blogger Dudja 120,000 rubles for promoting non-traditional relationships. Uh... It says here, the Justice of the Peace uh, in District of Moscow fined journalist and blogger Yuri Dud, recognized in the Russian Federation as foreign agent. Uh-oh. <laughs> for 120,000 rubles uh, for promoting non-traditional sexual relations among minors. Ooh. Uh, court imposed this penalty. Uh, court found Duda guilty. Uh... Yeah, bloody blah, blah. But it says the max maximum sanction of which for an individual is two hundred thousand rubles. Do you know something tells me that that's water off a duck's back for this guy? He's presumably got quite well. He's got a large enough following to attract the attention of the court. Uh, and there's that asterisk. Uh, previously, he had been already fined for promoting drugs in two interviews. Mm, sounds like a character. Uh, asterisk: an individual acting as a foreign agent. I wonder if my name's going to end up with an asterisk. Oopsie. Anyway, right, that wraps things up for this morning. Uh, sorry, it's quite long-winded, and there's a lot of details to get into, but I think you'll agree, quite fascinating in parts nonetheless, and particularly this trend that we're now seeing with Western leaders, these no-confidence votes, these controversies, these resignations, 
Um, throw that all in the mix of the economy. Um, it just makes me feel that the powder gig that was already quite volatile, if we're, we're losing or we're going to have this turmoil in these other countries, the risk for a mistake or, you know, detonation, you catch my drift, just concern everything all of it's concerning let's be honest with each other but uh yeah i'll wrap things up there and i will see you in the next one bye bye